We're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. It should be a uh, familiar portion of Scripture to you by this point. 1 Peter chapter 1, and starting in verse 13. 1 Peter 1 and verse 13. What an awesome time we've been having in the Holy Ghost over the last couple of weeks. I mean, living for God is the best thing ever. Uh, it is better than sliced bread. Uh, but it's, it's always so much more fun when people are being filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name on a regular basis. Okay. <laughs> All right. First Peter chapter 1. Starting in verse 13, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, as parents in here, how many of you would, have, would love or would have loved if your kids had listened the first time? Isn't that the greatest feeling as a parent when you simply speak? And they do. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. It's amazing. And that is God's desire for us as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts and your ignorance. Even better is when your kids anticipate their, your desires and they just do it without being told. That's like, that's next level stuff right there. Where the child anticipates parents' desire, knows their, their personality, knows the rules of the home, and they just do it without being told. Mm. Let's read these next two verses together. Verse 15. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, verse 16, be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. And if you call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here in fear. That's an important phrase there. He judgeth according to every man's work. For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a blam, lamb without blemish, and without spot. Tonight we continue our series. Uh, I, I believe we have this lesson and one more, uh, unless there's some loose ends that we need to tie up. But we continue our series tonight, Be Ye Holy. Uh, we'll call it part five. Uh, part five. So if you missed uh, parts one through four, I would highly encourage you to go back, uh, go through the podcast, catch those. Uh, we spent the first three weeks talking about holiness internally. Uh, amen. So, very quick review. We're doing this in all of our lessons, but I want to move through <clears throat> some of this review a little more quickly. When God says, I am holy, he's referring to his perfection, his, his purity. God is flawless. He is without fault, without error. He is sinless. God commands you to be holy. When God commands his, his creation to be holy, he is commanding you and I to conform to the nature and to the character of God. To 
become to behave as Jesus would behave. And so as I pursue holiness, I strive to love what he loves, hate what he hates, think how he thinks, speak how he thinks, speaks, behave how Jesus would behave. Uh, again, in review, this call to holiness contains two elements. There is separation from the world and dedication or consecration unto God. You cannot make yourself holy. We are partakers, Hebrews 10 and 16 tells us this, we are partakers of his holiness. When we are baptized in the beautiful saving name of Jesus Christ and we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, God imparts to us his holiness and he begins to guide us, he begins to speak to us. The law says, can I do this and still go to heaven? But love says, what does love say? Is this pleasing to Jesus Christ? All right, last week we briefly spoke on three sources of holiness teaching. Uh, the first source is, of course, the Bible. Any standard of holiness raised must be a specific Bible statement or a valid application of biblical principle. All right? It has to come from the Word of God. The second source of holiness teaching is spiritual leadership. God instituted spiritual leadership. You can go read Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, but he gave us spiritual leadership to help us to apply biblical principles to situations in our modern context. All right. Uh, it's important to note that spiritual leadership never supersedes the word of God. It must align with scripture. The third source of holiness teaching is the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26, Jeremiah 31 and 33 tells us that the Holy Ghost will teach us and will guide us. And it is important that we understand that the voice of God, the Holy Spirit inside of us, will never contradict the Word of God. And so if you hear something or you feel a nudge and it does not align with scripture you can discount that and base your life on what is written on the pages of scripture all right we talked briefly last week about bible standards uh, church standards and personal standards again uh, church standards are raised bible standards are clear uh, clear commandments uh, the, the, the one we keep harping on is flea fornication. That is a Bible standard of holy behavior that is raised. There is no wiggle room for fornication. By the way, fornication is any illicit sexual behavior. That is anything not between a husband and a wife. God commands us to flee from it because our body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. All right, that's a clear Bible standard. That is not popular in our world today. But it doesn't matter if it's popular in our world today. It's what the Word of God proclaims. And we're going to teach and preach the Word of God. We're not going to teach and preach stuff that is soothing to the ears of culture. And so, uh, we, in this church, we're going to proclaim that, that we will abstain from 
uh, intimate relationships until we've entered into a binding marriage before the eyes of God and legally into marriage as well. This church will, will proclaim standards. If, if you've never known or perhaps you aren't aware of this, uh, there is uh, something that we have called a platform policy. Now, that is not... Uh, that is not a statement that you sign that says, I do this for salvation. But it is, it is when, when somebody is brought to a position in front of the congregation, uh, there, is, there are some accepted and agreed upon standards that they will maintain that are in harmony with the word of God and the teaching of this church. Uh, and so, again, that's not a salvation thing or not a loss of salvation. If you violate that, uh, though we could pursue that and though we should pursue that, uh, because internal holiness always is manifested on the outside. Uh, but that is an example of church standards. Uh, and then finally, there are personal standards. Personal standards are exactly what they sound like. They are personal. And your personal standard might be, it may be more strict than the church standard. Your personal standard, and I, I say this carefully, your personal standard may go beyond an explicit written standard in the Word of God. As long as you're doing it out of love, Unto God, you can raise the bar. Now, you have to understand that this does not make you better than anybody else. The flip side of the coin is also true, however. Your personal standard can never be more lax than the Word of God. If your personal standard or your personal conviction is below the Word of God, then the voice of God calls you to elevate your convictions, to elevate the standard of holiness that you are living by, to measure up to His Word. We are not called to, to live however we want. We're called to live in a manner that is pleasing to God, both internally and externally. Uh, again, as we finish up our review tonight, we talked last week about legalism uh, versus grace. In the world that we live in, the tendency of much of our culture is to knee-jerk react to any sort of, of teaching or preaching of standards and, and just by knee-jerk reaction call it legalism. Uh, to set forth or to try to hold to a biblical uh, definition of modesty, a biblical definition of holiness, is not legalism. Uh, we, we believe, we teach, we preach that by grace are you saved through faith, not of your works. If, if you're going to dress a certain way to try to earn salvation or to, to act a certain way to try to earn salvation, you have missed the boat. Because it's only by grace through faith. It's only by the grace of God as we walk towards him in faith that God gives us salvation. But then we also know and we understand that the grace of God, which hath appeared unto all men, begins to teach us that we should deny ungodly lusts and we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. God's grace that is freely given to us 
begins to teach us and to guide us on how to live in godliness and in holiness. Holiness comes by grace through faith as we submit to the working of God's Spirit in our lives. All right. So all of that was review. Uh, But if you were not here last week, I would highly suggest that you go back. Uh, We talked about a, a very clear uh, very clear, given the translator time to catch up there. Uh, I don't know how you translate a drink of water, but <laughs> a very clear uh, Bible standard of, of hair. Uh, and so I would encourage you to go back and listen to that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, today we're going to talk about apparel. Everybody say apparel. Apparel. 